We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. Alright? Alright, welcome to another episode of the Budding Heads Podcast, part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Johnny, it has been an electric, electric June for the Rams. We've signed more players this month than I think we've signed in in actual free agency period. Uh, how how are we doing? A- another day, another another signing. It was a bit odd. When I looked at my notifications, I was like, really? A- another signing? O- okay. Um, Steve and I actually have something to talk about. So, uh, yeah, I-, I was a little bit surprised and, uh, dare I say, pleasantly surprised? Yeah, you know, Johnny, the people have been counting out the Rams. You know, you look up their Super Bowl odds, I'm sure they're crazy low but i wonder you know we are talking about a team that in the last month has signed super bowl champion tyler johnson super bowl champion demarcus robinson and now we add two-time super bowl champion sony michelle i think the tides are turning the rams are back put them in we're going we're going all the way again two titles in three years book it uh, you bring in champion after champion after champion. That that's entirely true, and uh, you know what? I, I I say why not? Let's uh, <laughs> let's continue the hype train going, and just go ahead and and count the Rams in for another Super Bowl. Yeah, you can listen to our past couple podcasts. We talked about. Tyler Johnson, and we talked about Demarcus Robinson. Today, we are going to talk about Sonny Michelle, who was just signed this afternoon by the Rams. Sonny Michelle, of course, 
with the Rams in 2021. They traded a fourth-round pick to get him. He was, I believe, the Rams' leading rusher in 2021 after the Cam Akers injury happened. He ran two, he had 208 attempts for 845 yards and four touchdowns. He had a 21 catches for 128 yards and a touchdown through the air. Didn't do much for us in the playoffs that year. Um, Cam Akers came back from injury, if you don't remember, at the end of the season and really took that job back pretty quickly, even though the results weren't great. But after Michelle left the Rams, he signed with the Dolphins, didn't make the team, signed with the Chargers, spent some time as Sony Michelle's backup, ultimately got beaten out by who was their backup last year? Kalen Balaj, Josh Kelly. Uh, yeah. Nobody good and ended up getting cut again. Didn't sign with the team until the Rams picked him up today. So, you know, let's obviously preface this conversation by. You know, this guy is not going to turn the Rams around, okay? But, Johnny, how, how do you feel about this signing? I I was pretty excited, to be honest, when I saw this news. Uh, you know, it, it's, not the, uh, it's not the slam dunk signing. It's not the sexiest signing that you're going to hear. In fact, I'm pretty sure many people had forgotten about Sonny Michelle. I certainly but, did. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable. You kind of fell off the map a little bit. But at the same time, if you were expecting Dalvin Cook, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but he, he was never going to sign with the Rams. You know, the, there's no way. I, I'd love it. I think many of us would. But I, the, you got to lower your expectations a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think Sony Michelle is going to add some of that veteran leadership that the Rams have been really lacking at the position ever since, really since he left. So um, having him, you know, along with Cam Akers, I think is fine because the more I thought about it too, initially when, when I saw the signing, I was thinking to myself, where exactly is he going to play? You know, where, where is he going to be placed on this roster? And truthfully, you don't know if he's even going to make it or not if, if he's not up to snuff. You know, if he's not, you know, uh, gassed already at, at this at this age. Um, but if he's able to go, which I imagine he should be, um, you know, I don't see anything wrong with adding some veteran leadership to this squad. Uh, and especially when you consider Cam Akers having the injury history that he's had, you have to be prepared in, you know, who's the next man up. And that's an awful lot to ask for Zach Evans, uh, the, our rookie, to kind of take over, take the reins and become the new starter. I suppose if if worse comes to worse, you, you can you can absolutely count on Evans to, to being the starter, but you're not going to feel good about it. You're not going to feel very comfortable about it. And truthfully, I think the Rams kind of see him as like a complimentary back or a one, one B kind of back as opposed to a starter. And then, you know, again, who's your other options? Kyron Williams, not really a guy you want starting. 
Uh, and then there's Ronnie Rivers, I guess. Uh, so, um, in the end, you have Sony Michelle, who's going to be uh, a guy that could potentially become your starter if something were to happen to Cam Akers. So, I do like this. I, I feel like it's a, a, an underrated signing a bit, but of course, we have to monitor and see, you know, if Sonny Michelle still has it in him, you know. Uh, he's not exactly a young player anymore. Yeah, he's certainly not a lock to make the roster. I mean, he got he got cut twice last year. So he obviously got temper expectations. It's funny this signing comes after a couple of days of training camp where Sean McVay emphasized that Cam Akers is going to be a central figure in the offense. Uh, called him a stud. He also said Kieran Williams has been one of the bright spots of camp, uh, saying he's doing an outstanding job. You forgot what he had to overcome a couple injuries. That's just man. So after all those quotes, they go out and they bring in a veteran running back in Sony Michelle. Now, like, I think we're probably on the same page here that Cam Akers is, is locked in as a starter. And this to me, this actually emphasizes that rather than brings it into question. And so you have Cam Akers at the one, obviously played really well at the end of last season, but still a lot of question marks. You know, how legit was that? Was that a flash in the pan or is that who this guy is? We don't know. And I think he will probably entering the season, Cam Akers, out of all the running backs in the NFL, he might have be the most volatile option if you're let's say picking him in a fantasy league wouldn't shock me if he runs for 500 yards wouldn't shock me if he gets close to 13 1400 if, if everything goes well but behind him you know it's a lot of question marks he they could say whatever they want about kieran williams the fact that you draft zach evans in the draft this year means that you are not that optimistic on kieran williams uh because if that were the case you would address a different hole in the fifth round now i'm really happy they drafted zach evans he seems like a really solid prospect to get in the fifth better than Kieran Williams was when they drafted him in the fifth. But when you look at the depth chart, you know, it's a volatile lead back two guys who are, we don't even know if they're going to be NFL players and Kieran Williams and Zach Evans. There's no risk to bringing Sony Michelle in what I imagine is close to a minimum contract into this room. He's familiar with the system. He's been here before. Like I said, even though he's not that much, more of a vet than Cam Akers, he is, and he's been around the block, and is a guy who's played in and won two Super Bowls. You know, that doesn't, that's not a meaningless stat here. He was huge for the Patriots in the 2018 playoff run. Um, I do not expect him at all to compete for that starting job, but if Kieran Williams and Zach Evans don't show you what you want in camp or even early in the season, if Michelle makes a team, that's a guy that you can plug in and play as your backup running back pretty seamlessly in the system and feel good about it. Now, maybe, you know, maybe he's completely cooked and and last year was the evidence we needed, but I I'm pretty optimistic that he could be fine in this role. You know, I don't want my running back to be fine in a Sean McVay offense, but even, you know, even the year where Michelle led our team in rushing 2021 in the Super Bowl year. It's not like he played that well. You know, like this is a guy who is 
essentially a plug and play guy that's going to get you a couple yards here and there. And I and he's, he's a smart player. He knows, like I said, he knows the system. I think he will fit in well because we've seen him fit in well. And if he has any juice left in the tank, I think he makes a roster. They'd probably keep four running backs, and I think he probably plays. But I don't expect him to push at all for the starting job. I don't I'm not saying anything revolutionary here. I don't really think anyone does. Um, and I'm with you that he's not a total lock to make the team. No, and I think that's important to note is that, yes, you, you do expect Sony Michelle to uh, um, to be competing for a spot. It's not going to be given to him, especially considering that the Rams have a, you know, decent depth. You know, they just don't have – one of the things they don't have is experience, or at least not a ton of it. Well, so they might that, they might have decent depth because we, we we both love Zach Evans, but we'll see. You know, he hasn't played it down, and Kieran Williams hasn't shown us anything yet either. In theory, those two guys can be those these three guys together can be a good running back room. But I think it's I'm not ready to say today that they would be. That's fair. That that is a fair point, and and I, I think that's to kind of uh, attribute to that. Uh, that's why the Rams were, you know, kind of interested in bringing in, you know, the veteran presence, maybe to do a little bit of coaching for such a young squad as well. And um, I, I think that's, that's a solid pickup, you know, and maybe he's not a guaranteed lock to make the roster or not, but um, I feel like it, what's the harm in trying, you know? And, and, you know, familiarity does make a big difference here. You know, Sony Michelle is familiar with Sean McVay and his uh, offense. And, you know, kind of guiding these guys will, will help tremendously. And uh, also maybe take a little bit of the pressure off of uh, Cam Akers. Because while we're kind of expecting Cam Akers to be the bell cow running back, it it's not like he's – it's not like, you know, you can't take some of that pressure off. And, you know, this will be a little bit easier to kind of, you know, achieve that when you're not having to rely completely on, uh, you know, rookies and second year running backs. So uh, love the signing. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit, you know, glossed over considering the other big names out there. But um, I I think this is going to help the Rams out a lot more than people realize. Yeah. And and. um like he's free, you know, he's sitting there. It's kind of the same thing when they signed Malcolm Brown last year. It's like there was a need on the depth chart. They could use reliable depth. Malcolm Brown's just available for nothing. Why wouldn't you go get him and have that familiarity there? And I think this is a similar situation. I think they would, will probably expect a little more from Sony than what they got from Malcolm Brown. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's there, and it gives you time to ease in your rookies if, not that Cameron Williams is a rookie, but he, he might as well be, if on day one they're not super comfortable, not giving you what you expect from your backup running back. You mentioned the Akers, yeah, he's going to be the, the bell cow. He's going to be the lead back, but that's this is not a guy you want playing more than 80% of the snaps. There, I even like 70 I think in an ideal world, he's playing about 60, 65% of the snaps. 
because he's got an injury history. He's been inconsistent. I don't want him to be out there every down. And having Sonny gives you, you know, a guy in short yardage situations and in early down work, a guy that can be pretty reliable for you. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy that he's made this move. You know, he's free. And I think we talked about last week how there might be a need at running back and maybe they go look at the – we talked about Dalvin Cook, who's obviously a pipe dream, but the Leonard Fournettes of the world, the Kareem Hunts, uh, the Ezekiel Elliott's. And to me, if you weren't if you weren't optimistic about Cam Akers with the money they have, I imagine they would have went out and gotten a Kareem Hunt or a guy like that. This kind of signif- signals to me that they wanted to add a running back, but they're confident in Cam Akers, so they went out and they bring in Sony Michelle, who, you know, is I don't think we'll start a game. I mean, I guess Akers gets hurt, but not going to be ever in this offensive bell cow. This also tells me that uh, the Rams aren't done shopping yet. I imagine that they will bring in at least one more veteran player, hoping it will be in the secondary, but uh, we'll have to see about that. I'm a big I'm a big bargain bin guy, Johnny. I love to walk into a store and head right to the clearance rack and see if there's anything that I could get some use out of. And that's what the Rams did this offseason. They waited. They didn't sign anybody, mainly because they were broke. And now they're picking up some, you know, interesting things that they might have some use for. But if they need to throw them away, they didn't spend a lot of money on them, and they're not going to lose any sleep about it. And, yeah, I think with these signings, yeah, I think it'd be kind of wild if they don't sign a cornerback um, or even a safety or an edge rusher in the next couple of weeks because they're they're shoring things up. You know, they're not going to roll into the season with 40 rookies on their roster. Do you remember the the bins that had, like, you know, DVDs in and then that were like usually old DVDs no one bought. They were like like between two and five dollars. <laughs> oh, I remember that way too well, Johnny. I still I, I mean that's pretty much what they did with, with this <laughs> offseason. You know, they they found they found a Demarcus Robinson, they found a Tyler Johnson and a Sony Michelle in this bargain bin. Yeah, it's like, you know, usually that bin's filled with stuff you don't want but then sometimes maybe you find like transformers 4 which you don't really want to watch but you know maybe you're under the influence one night and bored and you don't have wi-fi and you've got this three dollars transformers 4 or whatever those fucking movies are called at this point and uh you pop one of those bad boys in and and have a good time (laughs) here's hoping uh We'll we'll get a really good DVD out of Sony Michelle. I always go on the NBA shop and go to jerseys and just sort them by price. And usually you can find some really fun uh, players who have been traded jerseys. I got I got a nice lime green Jimmy Butler jersey that I wear all the time for Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that one must hurt. It it does a little bit. I, I think I bought it after he got traded. 
and or after he left the Sixers. And I wouldn't I wouldn't get the Sixers one because I think that was also on clearance. But I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um. Well, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. And we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For our eagle-eared listeners, this conversation might be a little hypocritical because a couple weeks we said that we don't really care about the offensive line rollouts in camp. But one thing I did find interesting was that Coleman Shelton, who played a lot of guard for us last year, got... And, and filled in at center when Brian Allen was hurt, is getting a good amount of the first team reps while Brian Allen was working with Brett Ripon. Um, Matthew Stafford got asked about this recently. He said, it's not too much different for me. I think we're kind of rotating a bunch of guys in there. We've got some new guys to tackle this week for this deal. Uh, with the tackle, they've had some guys sitting out camp. So that's a big part for tackle. But Allen and Shelton were both playing. Back to the quote. It's been a lot, a bunch of competition, a bunch of rotation in there. I know at some point we'll settle into what we want to get into. But right now, I think it's that, all that's good. As far for me, I'm lucky to play with both those guys. They're really great centers, have a great command of the offense. What we're trying to do are professional snappers of the football and all that kind of stuff. It's not too much of a big deal for me. That, that professional snappers quote is so funny to me, and I don't know why. Just a statement I've never heard about a center but so this is interesting because you know i think an expectation would have been allen at center shelton at guard and you know again it's june so this might not matter but allen's not gonna play guard right like i I don't think that's gonna happen no no and so if Shelton is playing center, it, it it definitely opens up some interesting possibilities on the line, and I just wonder what your take on all this is. I mean, this is kind of interesting because uh, based on the explanation that um, based on the explanation that I've been reading about. It's primarily because Coleman Shelton is the bigger 
center as opposed to uh, Brian Allen, who's a bit undersized. Not that Shelton is overwhelmingly bigger, but he's still bigger. And why this makes a difference is because the Rams have obviously been trying to shift more towards, if not a running team, at least towards a uh, more balanced offense, which they've been trying for years, but um, at least in this case, they've kind of made the effort uh, by drafting guys like Steve Avila to, you know, improve the ground game so that it can be a viable option rather than just having Stafford throw the ball 60 times a game. So in that regard, that's probably why they're trying to get a look at Coleman Shelton at center as opposed to Brian Allen. I don't know if it if, if it's a huge indication that Brian Allen was out there playing with uh, Brett Ripon. Um, I, I don't think that necessarily matters yet. Because, again, we're, we're still talking about minicamp. We're not talking uh, preseason. We're not talking about training camp. So I, I think this is just kind of um, – I think this is kind of just seeing what the Rams have in a lot of these guys, which makes all the difference because this tells us that they're willing to kind of use what they have, what, what, uh, you know, whoever they have available. And it doesn't necessarily matter based on your contract, which that's going to be interesting considering that Brian Allen is, you know, not cheap. So with that in mind, this also does remind me of uh, back in the 2021 season, they were kind of on board moving Bobby Evans uh, to a starting guard position um, that never really panned out at all. That's an understatement. So, yeah, that that didn't that didn't pan out whatsoever. Uh, that that was kind of. In fact, they were. Um, I forget which offensive lineman they they were trying to move one of the offensive linemen to center, which was bizarre to me. Uh, do Do you remember which lineman that was? Um. No, not Austin Blythe, right? Because they did no, it move him. Blythe. To it was uh, it was uh, after Blythe. No, uh, I don't I'll remember right now. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> it it, it kind of reminds me that in in a sense that you you have all of these capable players, and they just kind of want to see you know more guys in there to see what they. They have, and uh, actually, it was Austin Corbett. I, I thought I, I was going to say, I just both. looked up a looked up a depth chart. Yeah, it was Austin Corbett. I remember they were trying to shift him over to center, and I was like, that that's such a bizarre combination that never that never actually happened. Yeah, so, well, because he uh, he played center in Cleveland and was really bad, and then he came here and played <laughs> guard and was really good. Not even knocking him, like he came, he switched positions, he was great, and so yeah, it was like. Why would we revert back to this when the guy, the guy, isn't good at center and is good at guard? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's nuts. So I I would take this for a grain of salt. That doesn't necessarily mean it won't happen because this is actually a lot more likely than the Corbett situation. But um, I I would take this for a grain of salt for now, just because 
there's a lot of off season left. Like what we'll see more during training camp, if this is like a routine thing in training camp, maybe we can expect um, Coleman Shelton to be our starting center. Wouldn't be that big of a shock considering Shelton was actually more of a center before shifting over to guard. It's just that Brian Allen was playing so well at center that they wanted to find somewhere to put Shelton. Yeah. And Shelton, uh, did play quite a bit of center last year too, I think, while Allen was hurt. Um, yeah. Which I know contradicts what I just said, but I double-checked it because I wasn't confident, and I am updating my statement. So in, in the Rams, it's such an interesting line because they have, you know, a decent amount of guys that could theoretically start. But really, like, out of all these guys, I think I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, I think two guys are locks to actually start. And one of them is Steve Avila, who hasn't played a snap in the NFL. So, I mean, maybe Shelton, because he probably will start at center or guard. But there's so much that could change here. If if Shelton does start at center, if they make that decision, what do you think the line would look like? Like, who who would step into the guard spot, assuming Avila is taking one of them? Uh, my thoughts is they, they would probably go like bigger here. So definitely I think you're going to look at um, Avila as one of the guards and uh, possibly either Nopum or, or Alaric Jackson as the other. Um, and most likely I would assume it's going to be Alaric Jackson, but um, you know, either one of those guys I think would be the other starting guard. Yeah. So it, it would be an interesting uh, thing. It would, definitely improve the the theoretically anyway would improve the ground game because of you know just how big these guys are compared to you know the last year's offensive line i i actually think just like the more i think about it i think the more that's probably the most likely thing because and and, you know i'm just guessing here i think they like shelton a lot and they probably want to play both Joe Nopum and Alaric Jackson. And maybe they have a battle in camp for the tackle spot. And whoever doesn't win the tackle spot goes to guard because, you know, Nopum has played guard too. I think the money they're paying him, they probably want to give him another goal at left tackle. And I think, you know, between these three players, if you're going to start Nopum, Jackson, and Shelton, or one of Nopum and Jackson, and then Shelton and Allen, I think the the former is just a better mix of guys. And I, I wonder if that's going to where they end up where they knit out. And don't forget about Logan Bruss. If he wows in camp, you know, he could take, he could take a starting guard spot too. You know, it's kind of one of the interesting things is I do think that Sean McVay is trying to find a spot for him. It's just, there's so many capable bodies this year that it's kind of difficult to really find a spot for him. And, yeah, he can absolutely challenge Steve Avila, like you said, has not taken an offensive snap in the NFL yet. So um, it it won't be given to Steve Avila. If, if Logan Bruss outperforms him, he will be the starter. But the interesting thing is, um, while Rob Havenstein was away uh, during minicamp, um, that's who they had at that right tackle was uh, Logan Bruss. So, that that's kind of an interesting little thing is, you know, doesn't mean that that Russ has to play guard. He could shift over to tackle if they need him to. 
I will disagree with you on the fact that I don't think there's a world where Steve Avila is not a starter in week one, unless he gets hurt. I would Ooh, be interesting just because man, this is, this is the highest draft pick they've had yeah. under Sean McVay. And he plays such an unglamorous position, you know, like, <laughs> and the team, like you're not walking. I mean, they can say whatever they want. You're not walking onto the field week one thinking you're going to win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it would be kind of crazy to not play him. Like, unless he look, unless like you watch him in camp and you're like, well, we fucked up. Uh, this guy does not have it. Like, if that's the case, then yeah, you don't play him. But I think you have to give him the whole season just because of, like, where the team's at, how you feel about the guy, the draft capital you spent on the guy, and, you know, the guys who would be replacing him. Not to knock all these guys we've talked about, but we don't, like, we're, we're talking about these guys, like, they might not be locked to be starters, and the competition is each other. And I think a lot of these guys have the potential to be good, reliable linemen. I don't really think any of them are today, like definitively. Um, I think they're all NFL players, but I don't know if they're solid, reliable starters. And I think you have to let Avila just play. And I think it's going to be the same for a lot of guys in this roster just because of who they're competing against, what the state of the team is. And ultimately, you want to find out if this is a guy that could potentially be an anchor on your offensive line moving forward. They gave him uh, like an unprecedented contract for a second round pick. I think it was the first fully guaranteed contract for a second round pick ever or something like that. Yeah, they they did have a really interesting contract with him, uh, which does is very telling that how high they are on the guy. So um Maybe you're right, Steve. Maybe he does become the week one starter. Uh, but, uh, again, I do think it is something he's going to have to earn. And I don't think there would be necessarily any shame in him, you know, taking a backseat to a guy like, say, Logan Bruss if he's more ready. I mean, technically speaking, he's had an offseason more than what Steve Avila has had so far. I think it would be a little alarming to me if – Logan Bruss and Alaric Jackson are starting over him at guards. Not well, not knocking anybody here, but like, you know, Logan Bruss, they're only drafted one round apart, but they're drafted almost 70 picks apart. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of wild when you think about it, it like that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because he was, uh, Avila was one of the first picks in the second round and Logan Bruss was one of the last in the third round i mean he was a compensatory third rounder yeah so. right he was very late and it's funny he was our wasn't he our first pick last year too yes yes he was <laughs> just insane man uh <laughs> but yeah but i don't know the the interesting thing too is i'm curious where uh warren mcclendon is in all of this i know he was kind of a later round selection but you know i i was kind of intrigued with this selection. I think that uh, this is a guy that could potentially become a contributor at some point, but I'm curious to see like where he is progression wise. Is this going to be a guy that will be a factor or if he's just, just kind of depth, uh, like a body at the moment. Um, I, I'm, I'm real curious where, where he is. I, I, I highly doubt he's going to have any chance of starting unless there's, like a massive amount of injuries like there was last year. 
But um, still, I, I wouldn't count him out. I mean, technically speaking, this is kind of similar to what happened with, uh, you know, David Edwards. He was kind of the later round rookie ended up getting the start. So, yeah, I think I think he's a guy we're going to see a lot of in the preseason. I think a guy that they're going to take a hard look at. I don't know. Just just because it's like there are so many guys here that we're talking about. Um we didn't even mention Tremaine Ingram either, who I don't really think is in play for a spot, but could be, you know, a guy they look at too. It's just there's a lot of there's a lot of bodies here. More more bodies than we typically have. And I think they're gonna look at everybody. Um but McClendon who, you know, he's a tackle, right? Is he is he kind of a guy you'd move around the line or is he more of a traditional tackle? Uh no, you can move him around the line. I would still prefer to keep him at tackle if you could, but I think the plan anyway is for um, to cross train him like they do with all the other offensive linemen. Yeah, I he's an interesting one. I think you know if if they end up starting both Noteboom and Jackson, he might be the guy who's you know it, if somebody gets injured in the middle of the game, maybe they plug him in at tackle so they don't have to shift offensive line shift one of those other guys back to tackle in the middle of the game um and like like we said none of these guys really are locks and you know even when it avila and haven said it's only two guys so he could win one of those guard spots if he if he impresses he i don't think they would consider starting him at left tackle but like i don't think it's fully fully out of the question it would be kind of wild but if he impresses, man, I think everything's in play except Steve Avila not starting. <laughs> He'd have to look really bad, I think. It's just, I don't know. That that investment at that pick in a guard makes me think that there's no way they wouldn't start in week one. I, I think we need to get Steve Avila on the podcast and let him know that you're heavily invested in him. As, as a future starter for the Rams. I am, man. I am. Not a future starter. He's a starter today. <laughs> well, here you have it, folks. Uh, Steve Avila is going to be our starting guard for 2023. You heard it first. Steve Steve Ribeiro is crowning Steve Avila as the new starter. I think if you talk to Sean McVay off the record, he would say the same thing as me. I, I don't know. I, I feel like you get like a really long-winded response. You know, we really like Steve, and, you know, we like Jermaine Ingram, and we like all these other guys. You know, he, he's going to have to earn that spot, but we really like Steve Avila. He's a fast learner. Yeah, it, I, that's exactly what he would say. Um, but off the record, he might just say, you know, that's our guy. Um, well, hey, speaking of coach speak. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk about a quote here before we wrap up from Sean McVay about the standout rookies in training camp. This was from sometime last week. I don't remember the date. He said, I think overall I've been really pleased with this class in general. I think when you look at the offensive side of the ball, 
Puka Nakua is a guy that's definitely stood out. I've been really pleased with Steve Avila. He's obviously incredibly talented and gifted, but been able to move around, move him from left to right. I think he's picking up things quickly. See, Johnny, that sounds like a guy who's starting. It sounds like a guy who's starting somewhere. Uh, he continued, another guy I like, like a Mike McAllister, has played a lot of snaps up front, and he's done a really nice job on the offensive line being able to move around. I think Kobe Turner on the defense side of the ball, he's done an amazing job. I've really been impressed with just his professionalism. He shines, his relentless effort to the football, and then being able to just understand the nuances of what we're asking for of him. Those are some guys that really stood out from the rookie class. So a guy we just didn't mention here, uh, Mike McAllister, really the odd name out of this group of otherwise players they drafted, some of them drafted pretty high. Yeah, he's kind of an interesting guy because the – you know, this is a guy that is pretty undersized. Like, I'd be really shocked to see him starting at guard. I think really the only spot you can have him is at center. Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, three. Six, three. And, yeah, and so... And to, for, to kinda... uh, for people who don't track the heights of offensive linemen at home, Rob Havenson is 6'8". So that is short for an offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, he's still taller than me, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much taller than me and you. Yeah, so, I mean, there's that. But, you know, it, it it would be interesting to see him, you know, compete for a spot on this roster. I, I don't imagine a universe where he's, you know, week one starter unless there's massive amounts of injuries. But I think this is a guy that could challenge, say, someone like a Tremaine Ancrum for for the starting role or for the starting role for for a spot on the roster so um at some point the rams are gonna have to clear clear some space out uh i mean there there's a lot of guys that that they're gonna have to sift through yeah it's and the fact that he got mentioned you know you look at the names on the offensive line Joe Nopum, Steve Avila, Brian Allen, Coleman Shelton, Rob Havenstein, Alaric Jackson, Tremon Ankrum, Logan Bruss, Warren McClendon. That's already nine guys. And then you have Mike McAllister. You have A.J. Urkuri, who was on the team last year. You have Zach Thomas, Grant Miller, um, guys who are probably not going to make the team here. But I don't really know, like, it, how many guys are they going to keep here? You know, if they like McAllister... I guess McClendon's not a lock to make the team, but I think he probably will. I guess Tremaine Ankrum, if they like McAllister to be the odd man out here, because they're they're probably not keeping ten offensive linemen here, right? It, I mean, it wouldn't be ridiculous amounts of offensive linemen, especially from a team that were devastated with injuries at the position last year. Um, but it would still be slightly shocking to have that many, uh, especially when, if, if you were to bring in a guy like McAllister, you're basically having like two or three centers. And that's kind of weird for the Rams who went into the week one of 2022 with only one. Yeah. So, and they kept eight offensive linemen, going into last season that's not including Logan Bruss because he was injured. Yeah, so there you have it. Um, I I think that it wouldn't be inconceivable for them to keeping more offensive linemen, 
But I think there's they're gonna have some tough decisions to make, especially with guy like AJR Curie. Um, I I know that he played a a little bit last year and didn't look overly impressive. He's probably not making the team based on this exercise. No, I I imagine if anything he'd make the practice squad, but even then I, that's gonna be tough. Yeah, McAllister sounds like a practice squad guy, but even then, like. You know, I think they might keep nine here, uh, unless they. I guess the guy, like, I mean, they probably cut Ankrum there, right? Unless they, unless McClendon is just not impressive at all. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, and that's kind of the other thing is uh, Sean McVay has has an undying love for Jermaine Ankrum, so um, <laughs> a really practice does. squad guarantee if he gets caught and no one picks him up. Oh yeah, no question. So it, it'll be interesting to see where where uh, where the final roster comes in. This will definitely be you know one to watch for, um, you know, as the roster cuts start happening. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I think they probably would keep nine because some of these guys, no boom, Allen, are made of fucking glass. So um, you might as well have the depth there. But then it's like you know if you're keeping nine here and you feel pretty good that seven to eight of them are legitimate NFL players and you feel not like overly, overly confident in your starting group, but I imagine they're going to feel pretty good going into the season that this is a decent group that can play. But then you look at the other positions we've been talking about this offseason. You look at your edge rushers, you look at your cornerbacks, you look at your safeties and you don't really know, like, I mean, safeties, you might go into the season feeling confident that you have two legitimate guys. But cornerback, like an edge rusher, we're not even confident today, I, I guess, besides Byron Young, um, who, you know, we haven't even seen play, but they seem to feel, feel like they feel pretty good about him. Well, we don't know if any of these guys really are legitimate NFL players. And do you want to keep more cornerbacks just to throw as much shit at the wall as you can same with edge rusher uh even to a lesser extent your interior defensive lineman you've only got you know besides Aaron Donald there's still a lot of question marks there too I guess you like some guys like Jonah Williams and uh Copeland and Bobby Brown I guess um but it's no disrespect there I uh, just haven't seen a ton there uh you got Kobe Turner too but it's like I would rather keep you know, maybe you keep Ankrum just because you know he's a good NFL player when you're comparing him. It's like the decision is him or like Sean Jolly. Not that good NFL players is a stretch, but like a guy who belongs on a roster, I guess. But it's like I'd rather throw more shit at the wall at cornerback and at edge rusher and hope that one of those guys surprises you and pops off when the season starts. Um, because like a guy like Ankrum, I think, is pretty definitively the third at least the third, at best, off the line, off the bench this year. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, like, where a lot of these depth guys, especially in such very thin positions, end up. And I, I think we're just going to see a lot of new faces, particularly undrafted free agents, that are going to join the roster, like cornerback uh, and I think safety, we're going to probably stick with a lot of the guys that we're familiar with 
um, just because we have a lot of, you know, names there, unless there are some talented undrafted free agents, which to be fair, they did get a couple guys that, that are interesting. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of these positions, particularly at like defensive line, outside linebacker, you know, it's, it's going to get real interesting here. Yeah, I I can't wait to see how safety plays out because it really is the one position consistently under less need where they just find these random fucking guys who end up being NFL players. And not that like Russ Yeast and Quentin Lake are super random because they were here last year, but either of those guys or anyone else on the roster becoming a legitimate NFL safety would be pretty random uh, and not something I expected when they arrived here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I did like the Jason Taylor pick, but you know, same same thing applies there. Yeah, I I again like I'm I'm with you on this. I I think as far as safety is concerned, I feel like the Rams are just very well scouted at that position for whatever reason. I wish the same could be said at cornerback, but uh, yeah, we'll have to see there. Um. We can't end the podcast, Johnny, without mentioning that the Rams waived kicker Christopher Dunn. Um, and it looks like who who's our top kicker here? Tanner Brown will <laughs> likely be the Rams kicker in 2023 unless they sign somebody else. Now, I will say that we've talked about a lot of guys who, you know, especially before OTAs, guys that got cut, we were like, what the, like, you haven't even seen the guy fucking play. And then even guys that get cut during OTAs, I kind of feel the same. Like, what could they have done that was so bad that you had to cut them? With the kicker, I feel like if this guy is just getting kicked under the table uh, by Tanner Brown, it makes sense to cut him this early. Yeah, it, it it was weird to see Dunn cut. Like, I guess the Rams were done with them. <laughs> Dead end. Okay, I'm sorry. You, please, please don't. Please don't leave. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I I don't I don't really know why. Um. It really came down to that. I I think that it would have been a lot more interesting to see you know, a, a comp like a legitimate competition there. But in the end, maybe they just seen enough of Tanner Brown that they really like the guy and he's going to be the Rams next kicker. But it, it's kind of interesting with the Rams special teams as a whole, because they're putting a lot of faith in a lot of unproven talent. I mean, th- this is a rookie special teams. Yeah, pretty much group. throughout, with the exception of like the return specialist, which we still don't know who's going to be. So I guess that could be a rookie. Could also. end up being a rookie. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, Ethan Evans is a rookie, also that they got no competition for, and now Tanner Brown no longer has any more competition. So these guys must be really good talents for them to feel that good about it. Well, I think too with kickers, like. I think you probably could have watched enough of a battle in this OTAs, and and Tanner Brown must have won by some considerable degree for them to not take this into camp, especially because, like, it's not like they're in a crunch to have 
the 90 players. Like, I don't even think they have 90 players, but like while these two were on the roster. But if, if he did enough, you know, I'm fine with it. And even if you get to the season and he, he goes full Sam Sloman in the first couple of games and they have to cut him again, Ooh. there are only you typically 32 kickers playing in the NFL at a time. So you can go and get one of the 40 best kickers on the planet to be your kicker uh, if you have to cut a guy. That's not true for, I think, literally every other position in the NFL except punter uh, and, I guess, long snapper. But, like, it's different if, like, I don't know, like, they cut um, the, the guy. Who's the other guy they just cut that in the article I had up? Uh, they cut safety Colin Duncan, which is, like, I don't know what he could have done during camp if it was only on the field stuff that made you cut him immediately. But, um, like, you can't go and get one of the best 64 safeties in the NFL off the garbage heap if your guys aren't working out in week one. Uh, you can go get one of the best, potentially the best backup kicker in the NFL because there aren't usually 33 kickers on active rosters. So I don't mind it. And if Brown doesn't work out, they'll just sign somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it worked out last time, didn't it? <laughs> it took a while, but it eventually did. Who was the kicker we had in between Sloman and uh, Matt Gay? Oh, um, it was uh, it was the XFL guy, right? Maybe not the XFL. No, I mean he was that guy was in competition with Sloman. I think they did sign him to the practice squad, but he ultimately didn't end up signing. It was a uh, Kai Forbath. Kai Forbath. Wow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that didn't exactly work out either no he got hurt though but yeah he wasn't playing great we were his last stop uh like a 10 year nfl career we were the last we were the last stop we retire kickers <laughs> <laughs> we didn't retire sam sloman which is crazy he's Wait, still he retired no no like he he played again didn't he kick the titans into the playoffs Either that year or the year after. I I do recall him being on another team, but I, I hadn't heard much. I, I didn't think he was staying for very long. He uh he kicked a game winning field goal to win the Titans the division in twenty twenty. The same year we cut him. Uh I will demo you ten dollars right now if without looking it up you could tell me which football team he most recently played for. So I'm assuming it wasn't the Titans then. No, no. I'm going to say the Chargers. They are not in the NFL. Ah, okay. So I'm assuming the XFL then. Yes, it was the XFL. Uh, I give up. (laughs) (laughs) The Vegas Vipers. Uh, Ah. He did... He he the tight that was his last NFL regular season game, which is hilarious. Uh that Titans field goal. Um he played for the Steelers and 49ers camp only. That's uh interesting. Well at least he found, you know, something with the Vipers. Yeah. You know, he had a little re- bit of redemption with the Titans too that year. Yeah. <laughs> he kicked he went 18 for 21 on extra points with the Rams. Ouch. 
I don't mean I don't mean to drag Sammy Snipes anymore. Uh, any parting thoughts before we wrap up here? Uh, just uh, um, you know, the season's kind of inching closer and closer, and I'm 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 ready for some preseason football, man. I didn't think I'd be willing to see that again, but uh, give me some preseason football. I kind of need it at this point. You know, I'm impressed with how productive of a June we've had. Uh, because usually this month is very nothing for us. We've had some real topics over the last couple of weeks, so it's been delightful. Yeah, I was really expecting to do uh, another segment of Do We Give a Shit, but uh, yeah, actually we have some news, so <laughs> we'll see We'll see if we have uh, even more news next week. We might make it to July schedule preview season without doing much filler which is great all righty yeah let's see if we get new news next week hopefully we sign a cornerback follow us on twitter at c rivero at talk rams at johnny five not six give us a review on itunes or apple Podcasts. i guess the kids call it now uh if you haven't already and you're enjoying the show and yeah we'll talk to you guys next week